Hi, I'm Dijan. Welcome to Tantra Lok. This is a podcast for the spiritually curious. So if you like to reflect on Tantra, yoga, inner work, meditation, wellness and self-development, you may find lots of information, personal stories of practitioners and micro practices for you to experience, to look inward and do something good for yourself. Thank you for joining in. Let's talk about Anahata Chakra, just to remind you the basics, located in the middle of the chest, having 12 petals with the color associated color blue, light blue, managing our thymus gland and our heart, this chest area, the karmendriyas being the arms, hands, and the jnanendriya, the, per- uh, the sense perception, being the skin. The element that heart chakra manages and is resonating with is air. So what are the qualities of anahata chakra? In very rare cases there may be some activation at the level of anahata that manifests itself as uh, authentic compassion. Compassion is a commonly used word but rarely experienced state. Why am I saying that? Because we usually confuse pity with compassion or empathy uh, with compassion. When we are in the pity zone, we see something, we see someone in a difficult situation, there is this typical reaction that arises in every human being. It's either aversion or coming from fear or over-attentiveness, again coming from fear. I don't want this to happen to me or to my loved ones, so I help and do something about it. But there is a compensation that we always go to, and it, it is the root of that compensation is fear. Or there can be empathy, where we really feel the suffering of the other, and your sadness becomes my sadness. And that's not necessarily compassion, because I am suffering together with you. Compassion is a much more elevated state where I see, I perceive, and I love. There's no aversion, there's no running back, there's no this excessive empathy and wanting to fix the other person's problems. Just seeing whatever is happening as it is and feeling for it and keeping on loving without having any urge in either direction. It's, it's, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. It was a word that I used a lot in my life as well, and I came to the understanding uh, of it only when my heart was truly cracked, when I could truly let go of any mask that I always have, to function in this life, when I could really see my own suffering and when I could see everybody else's suffering and I could really accept, I could really comprehend um, that we are not different from (laughs) one another and that we are uh, the different faces of the same thing and just true acceptance of this was the only way where I could actually get in touch with compassion. And anahata is what gives the energy to have those higher, more refined emotions. More lighter emotions are also there, like forgiveness or joyfulness and 
lightness, this butterfly-like states. There's a lot of lightness in Anahata, but there is also this more sadness, grief type of emotions there. What masters would say who have experienced the different states of the chakras, they would say that Anahata is like the filter. Like the emotions are being filtered at Anahata. And, and if Anahata has energy, then uh, the person lives the different spectrum of emotions without being overwhelmed by them. Then what else? Anahata is also the entry point to this rasa that is called Shringa rasa. It's the rasa, the essence of beauty and love. So being mesmerized by beauty, not by a top model on the cover of a magazine but it's more the essence of beauty you know like when you see two butterflies playing with each other or when you see a child smiling a very genuine way or uh, when you see this essence in somebody's expression or in the art or in nature or in yourself that refined sense of beauty that awakens love in you is accessed through anatta so anahata state of being is love, not the romantic love, not the passionate love, not the love that you want to have, that you want to possess. I love you, so you have to love me too. I don't love you because you don't love me. I love you, but I'm desperate you don't love me. But that's not love. That's a different longing, let's say, that comes more from Swadhisthana, which is still valid, you know, that's depth of romantic love. When it reaches its peak, its culmination is the gateway is the glimpse of the divine love. I personally experienced it in a very beautiful way during a retreat, a Kashmir Shaivism retreat it was, I think, where we were meditating with Rumi. And I was going through a big emotional drama, big relationship drama, and I was really judging myself also, you know, you do all this practice of detachment, la la la, and look where you are at, you know, all that you can think of is your relationship drama. So I was being very mean on myself because I thought at that time that I knew what detachment is. In that, when we started that meditation, I allowed myself, not knowing, not knowing what's about to happen, but it was so overwhelming, my drama, I went fully into the drama. Like I was really... If I'm longing for for someone, for this guy, for my ex, I'm going fully into... I don't remember what I was thinking at that time, but I was going fully into that craving and longing and suffering and so on of this romantic love. And it got deeper and deeper and deeper and so magnified at a certain moment. You can understand because you've been working with bhavana, with music meditation, like this very big emotional presence in me, at a certain moment I started crying and all these words of Rumi, you know, Rumi's poems is like written to a lover. Well, the lover in that context is God, but the way they are written is really like for him, you can interpret it as a human being as well. So I was going through Rumi's words in my mind also, like feeling the essence of each one of them in the context of my relationship. And it went into such a depth, I started first crying, but th that crying didn't come from sadness. It was like something that was pff, like growing inside was finally pff, spilling out. And it became more and more, I, I cried, like I cried huge tears for a very long time. 
And then suddenly there was a stillness. And there was this, you know, like this very peaceful, very, it's not happy, it's not blissful, it's just, there was this amazing expansion, like a very tender expansion in the heart. It's like, that's when I felt like, okay, it's cracked. It's cracked. And it, it took me, I mean, all the lover stories and everything was faded away. And I was just somewhere like over the clouds. There's no word to explain. And at the end of that meditation, I don't remember how long it lasted. When we were in break, I couldn't get up. It took me a long time until I felt like uh, stepping out of that. There can be a physical pain manifesting here. I just wanted to be next to my teacher. You know, I didn't want to mingle with anyone. I, I was in such a beautiful place, but very vulnerable at the same time. I felt like, normally I don't ask for much attention from my teachers. You know, it's very rare that I ask questions and so on. I went to him and just said, look, there is this pain. And he just took my hand and we just sat. <laughs> he could see what was going on. You know, he could witness uh, the heart opening up. So, yeah, that was one of my first, I think, and most profound experiences. In Sufism, uh, the sound of the ney, that instrument, that flute, the Sufis play, is an imitation of the sound of the nightingale. And it's usually very melancholic. It pierces uh, through your heart because nightingale is singing to God. You know, like, why did we separate? Why am I not the one with you? So that's the sadness, melancholy, and uh, grief. When I was doing my Anahata tapas, Anahata has this super joyful and, you know, light and expanded places as well. But during the tapas, I remember being deeply in touch with the suffering of everyone. Life was not really the game of Swadhisthana or Manipura, win or lose, have or not have. It was more like, it was more truthful. And since it's the filter of emotions, that consciousness is not about emotions. It's more about state of mind. It's like love is a choice. You choose to love someone. You may have all kinds of emotions about someone. You may hate, you may dislike, you may get angry, you may passionately fall in love, you may desire or not, like all kinds of emotions can be felt for someone. But that's the realm of Swadhisthana. And Anahata is not about those emotions. It's about the choice, no matter what, that you choose to love that person. So it's a state of being and it's more mental. It's more clear, I would say. And Anahata means unstruck, so it cannot be struck. Another important experience that I had is Anahata is also unlimited, you know, like in another deep meditation, I had to watch all the limitations I put around the heart. Like I could literally see the boxes that I create in my heart to protect the heart. You know, I'm going to act like this in my relationships or I'm going to say this or not that, you know, like uh, different ways of me protecting myself by shrinking my heart more and more. I could see it and then I could, I, I was trying to, okay, go stretch, go stretch, and this stretching, wow, it was so, so strong. It's still stretching, it's still stretching, it's like limitless. 
this was a meditation with a cosmic power called Bhuvaneshwari that resonates with Rit Chakra, but she is the mother of the heart. She is the big creator. So it was very deep to witness. The devotion also comes from Anahata Chakra. People with an open Anahata would be more keen on uh, bhakti yoga, chanting, you know, like there is not much intellectualism there. It's more like there is divinity in me, around me, wherever they put it, and I, I surrender to it. By the way, there is a scientific ground of this emotional emotion and mind connection uh, and the healthy heart, because heart, uh, the, the feelings that we have, affect the quality of our heart functions, the variability of our heart functions. If our heart acts in a variable way according to different, different feelings that we have or different circumstances we encounter, it is more healthy. So the heart passes on uh, frequency, the heartbeat, uh, the pressure, the blood pressure, basically the messages of the emotions to the brain. And meditation on the heart heart coherence or spiritual heart or different types of meditations would also work. They do affect the heart and they do affect the mind. And therefore there is scientific ground that heart has these very refined qualities. It can take only 60 seconds to change, to make your heart more coherent, just by breathing in a balanced way and thinking of happy thoughts. <laughs> So there is that interconnectedness of our heart that affects our own electromagnetic field of our mind, but also the ones around us. There is that interconnectedness. Heart is more magnetic, more powerful than the brain. We say thoughts influence others. Yes, I can, I can use my ajna in such a way, my mind in such a way that I can influence others. But my, my heart has actually a stronger uh, magnetic power of influencing. That's why when you're in the presence of people with a heart openness, with a special state of consciousness at the level of the heart, have an effect on everyone around. There are many masters that people visit. I personally visit such teachers as well, just to, be, just to feel that resonance. That resonance may help. And that help, because think of all the other things that I said about Anahata, is not about feeling good sometimes. Most of the times it's this softness, it's this uh, beauty of the heart awakening, but other times it's this uh, parts uh, that we are afraid to look at. We can look at them because that strong heart holds us, that anchors us. I, we are connecting our heart to the heart of the Master, and that helps. Master being whoever is the vessel. I'm not talking about X, Y, and Z. Although there are known figures like Amma, for example, who hugs people. And I didn't have that experience, but many of my friends did. You know, just proximity of that and that caring transmission of Anahata energy can be very healing for people. Okay, that's more or less what I wanted to share. Feel free to share your experiences in the comment section. Thank you. Thank you for listening to my podcast on Tantra Log. 
please subscribe if you like this content and feel free to share it with your friends and loved ones. See you at our next talk.